0: Welcome to Deep Talk, the podcast for advanced English learners who are looking to explore something a little bit deeper. My name's Rhiannon and I'm an English teacher and coach. Each week I invite a different guest onto the show and they choose a text or video they've really loved recently. Together we talk about the ideas and we invite you to join in on social media. You'll find the link to the text we discuss in the description to this podcast, along with a link for the transcript, which will help you follow the twists and turns of our conversations. We'd always love to know what you think about a specific episode, topic or text, so please send me a message either via Instagram at RhiannonELT or by email at info at You'll find the links to both of those in the description. Welcome to episode 9 of Deep Talk. Today we are kicking off season 2 of the podcast and we are doing it with a bang. I'm joined by Suki, a fellow English language professional, to discuss the changing attitude, at least in the English speaking world, towards the question, where are you from? As always, we take a text as the basis for the discussion and both texts Suki chose talk about the impact of this apparently innocent question on people's sense of identity, particularly when there is an assumption that the person is not from here, whether due to their ethnicity or perhaps their accent. As you listen, I'd love you to reflect on the impact of the question and whether the same conversation about how language should change is happening in your own context. As Suki points out, whether or not you agree with the arguments put forward in our discussion, it's important when you're learning a language to be aware not only of the grammar and vocab, but also of the cultural debates taking place. As social movements take hold, the way that we use language changes, and this issue is just one in a long line. Don't forget, all the transcripts for seasons one and two are available on my website if you want some extra support. I'll be back at the end for some more chat, but for now, enjoy the show. Today, I'm joined by Suki. Suki teaches English to adults from all around the world. After losing his job during COVID, he took his business online and he wouldn't want it any other way. In his spare time, he loves traveling and finding out about other cultures. He also does a lot of yoga and mindfulness practice and even does some DJing in the privacy of his own home. He's chosen two articles as the basis for our discussion today. The first is from Harvard Business Review and is called What's wrong with asking where are you from? And the second is from HuffPost and is entitled, Four Reasons Asking Where Are You From is Offensive. Suki, so first of all, welcome to Deep Talk. Hi. Could you get us started by explaining what these articles are all about?
1: Hi, yeah, thank you so much for having me on today. It really is a pleasure. Yeah, today's articles are about the way in which we ask or we sometimes ask people where they are from, very innocently, not knowing the kind of effect it can have on certain people. And I think I'm interested in this topic, because as an English teacher, I think it's important to bring attention to how connotations change of what we say over time.
0: Absolutely. So this, this question, I think I first came across it, From teaching English and from other English teachers sort of raising awareness of, I guess, the complexities of people's origins, uh, for, uh, for lack of a better way of explaining it. Some of our students, for example, might have grown up in multiple countries and then been living in another country for their adult life and then moved. And so the question of where are you from can be quite stressful for those people. It's like, well, what kind of answer do you want? Are you just asking me and then we move on? Do you actually want to know about my story? You know, what kind of answer are you looking for? And then it seems from the perspective of these, these articles that you've shared, there's also the question outside of English language teaching where somebody, particularly somebody who is of an ethnic minority gets asked this question with the assumption, well, you cannot be from here. So, give me the real answer.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think you touched on a couple of things there. Firstly, this concept now of something called third culture kids, which I've actually been talking about in in my lessons recently, and asking what identity is and how closely linked it is to the culture you were you grew up in or the country that you were born in. So, I think for these these people, these kids, or actually third uh, third culture adults as well this question, where are you from, does stress them out. And it becomes this like elongated answer. Yeah. You're like, well, immediately the person is, okay, this is a long story. Have you got a minute? You know, (laughs) and then even having to answer that question when the person who asked the question was just asking it perhaps because we're so used to immediately saying, what's your name? Where are you from? Yeah so yeah there's that point of things and then also as you said you know english-speaking countries are a melting pot of cultures there's a lot of immigration that's happened and you know there's there's the the brutal history of these countries too which which ties into this whole concept of asking where are you from becoming sometimes offensive particularly to the people who are nationals of the of these english-speaking countries for example canada the usa the uk where the aesthetic of the person is not how it once was.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a really interesting book. I don't know if you've read it called Brit-ish with the ish in brackets. Uh, It's by a great writer called Efwa Hirsch. And she is, I think her mum is Ghanaian and her dad was German, um, but she was born in the UK. She's British. And it's a really interesting book Like I thought I sort of knew about that. I thought I knew about colonial history. I thought I knew that, like, British people are not just white. But it was really interesting to hear her go into the history of British colonialisation and how, like, our history, like, is... Oh, God, I'm not explaining myself very well. But how British history is not confined to the British Isles and how things that happened in for example Ghana are also part of British history in a way that certainly we were never taught at school and that ties in I think to that idea of identity where the kind of standard certainly the standard is that British people are white and then beyond that that if they are not white they are somehow foreign as if their history has had no relationship to British history until they landed here and that is so rarely the case. (laughs)
1: That is such an important point. Yeah, I really, I really like that you brought that up. And actually, that book changed me. Really? (laughs) Yeah, and I I, I have been following that author ever since. But um, I read that book on holiday in 2020, I think. I was very lucky to have gone on holiday. I went to Crete, took that book with me, And it was very close to the BLM protests. You know, that was the the big outcry and social movement of BLM. And actually, if I'm honest, that made me question a lot of things about my identity, about my past, what happened in my past, how the things that happened in my past, because I, I am an ethnic minority in the UK, were not okay. And, you know, so this book, really cemented or what's the word like
0: crystallized
1: yeah yeah exactly that's it thanks yeah crystallized uh my experiences and how I was feeling and, and yeah great book really
0: really great good book. book very like both well read and factually rich like I've I felt like my whole view of British history and the way then that I have gone on to relate to other things that I have read about, for example, like the BLM movement. It has just coloured the way that I think about it in in a really profound way. It is a, an absolutely fantastic book. Going back to the question of where are you from? the articles kind of criticise this question in a couple of ways. Do you want to maybe explain some of, some of what those criticisms are and where they come from?
1: Yeah, of course. And I think before I mention any of those, I think one thing that's really important is the intention of the question and the intention right. of the person. I've read up about and, and watched TED Talks about the same thing. And, you know, I, I've been on the receiving end of this question. And I always try to think about the context of this question before taking immediate offense but every every person's reaction or story is their own so just wanted to say that first but asking where are you from and usually this question is asked to someone who perhaps doesn't look like a stereotypical I'm going to talk about the UK like a stereotypical British person which is white skin english speaking so asking where you're from is okay because then that person who's not white might say you know I'm from Manchester yeah and then and then it becomes the next question but where are you, where are you really from yeah and that's where it can it can get offensive because what that implies is you don't belong to the country that you're you're a national of yeah your identity is being questioned before even being before someone's even got to know you any further yeah so the question can be quite alienating
0: I think because I was obviously coming as a white person in the UK I'm coming at this probably from the perspective of the asker rather than the askee of this of this question and I was thinking like okay I've definitely asked it before and sort of questioning my own motives behind it and I think for me what I was writing in my notes was like I think it just comes down to just accepting that first answer. If somebody chooses to say, my family are from Pakistan, great. That's the conversation that they have chosen to have. If they have chosen to say, I'm from Manchester, I'm from Birmingham, I'm from London, then that's the answer. And that's, you know, until a different situation arises where a further question might be kind of natural in the context, they have identified themselves as British. I respond to them as British and i think yeah i don't i can't imagine that i would ever need to know <laughs> where somebody's family was from i'm not like i'm not a doctor it's not as though i need to kind of fill in a form and if you did need to fill in a form it would be a question about ethnicity not where are you from it would be a very specific form um i can't imagine why people need to know it other than a stereotypical need to put people into a box and to say okay okay that person's from India, that person from Nigeria. Okay, Uh, now I know more about them, but in reality, they don't. They know nothing about that person.
1: Yeah, uh, that's that's an important point too. And with with that stereotype, you run the risk of grouping that person to represent a country that they don't actually represent or relate to. Well, we don't actually know at this point when you ask where are you from, and they say, you know, Manchester, but where are your What is your background? Oh, Indian. And then the the assumption is that that person knows a lot about India or Pakistan or wherever wherever their heritage is from. And it might not be the case whatsoever. The person might have no connection to that country except for their parents, perhaps, or you just never know about a person's background or history. So this is where it can come off quite offensive or not always offensive because it can come from an innocent place, but it can certainly make a situation uncomfortable.
0: And good intentions or not, I imagine that to be a person who suddenly is reminded, <laughs> like just walking through their day, suddenly reminded, oh wait, to some people, I'm not from here. Some people think that I'm foreign, even though I was born here and I've spent my whole life here. That isn't a nice thing to be reminded of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think, I think that's a really good point too. Yeah, you can just be going about your daily life if you are an ethnic minority in any uh, in any of these English-speaking countries and to to be questioned about your identity because of the way you look, when that person might not have been thinking anything about that. They could yeah. be thinking about anything. But, you know, getting get the question, where are you from? You look Indian or where are you from? You look something. Mm-hmm. I find it, for me, I find it a little bit old-fashioned these days. It can trigger somebody it can really trigger that person to think, oh, yeah, that's how I look. That's what I look like, even yeah. though I connect completely to the to the country that I was born in yeah. and I've been through that education system and I eat that food and, you know, yeah. I, I enjoy that country's culture and I go to the museums and I know art from that country and I read books by people from this country. So it just doesn't
0: match. Yeah. I think at the risk of, like, equating different... Um... I guess forms of discrimination, which you cannot do. But as a gay person, when I'm reminded that I'm gay, it's such a strange feeling. Like, you just come up, you see, luckily, it very rarely happens to my face. It's usually something online. And you'll see, like, a homophobic comment. And then you go, you know, that, like, trending audio that, like, is this play about us? <laughs> like, I'm like, <laughs> oh my God, yeah, they're talking about. And I'm so boring. Like, my life is so boring. We have two cats with, you know, our life is full of DIY. Kind of the same sort of thing as, like, I read the books. I'm um, Part of the culture, like, it it completely slips my mind that there is anything to be considered different or other about me because I'm a full person. And then to suddenly be reminded that for some people I am just a lesbian and that's the biggest thing about me is... I wouldn't say it's necessarily traumatic, but yeah, just uh, I can can relate to it, even though it's not exactly the same experience.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. I think any kind of uh, socially um, not included groups can have similar experiences for sure. Yeah. And, And people always want to remind you that you are not the majority. This is who you are to me. Yeah. Yeah absolutely i i hear how the how the two can be can be linked completely
0: yeah
1: because your 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 identity is being assumed by a part of you that doesn't really matter to you
0: if you're enjoying this conversation and fancy getting involved in these kinds of chats yourself my deep talk discussion program starts again in september For 10 weeks, we'll be learning how to handle complex conversations on a wide variety of topical issues just like this one. Make sure you're subscribed to my mailing list or following me on Instagram to be the first to hear when places become available. Anyway, on with the show. Um, It sort of reminds me of the 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 kind of I guess it's almost cliche now, but when something bad happens and the perpetrator is white, the race is like not important at all. It's a middle-aged man. And then as soon as the person is brown or black, that's suddenly a fundamental part of information that, you know, is desperate our readers need to know. <laughs> our readers need to know that this was a Muslim. And again that sort of ties into that you know, I guess people are being called to be representative of their race or ethnicity, country, whatever it is, um, in a way that is not called upon, like, white people in this conversation.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think that comes down to, like, inherent institutional racism and racism at a deeper level, you know, which is being worked on. There's a lot of work still to be done in terms of that. And, and, and news portrayals of certain ethnic minorities certainly need an overhaul mm-hmm. or is going through. But, you know, I still see things. And this is another interesting thing about the English language, certain verbs or... Uh, patterns of language might be used to describe you know somebody who's committed a crime who is from an ethnic minority and it will be different wording for someone who is white so that's another interesting thing to notice about news the news and how it's reported yeah. for sure yeah
0: yeah yeah and it, it reminds me as well of something that one of the writers in the article um, in the articles says about how like in a work context for example the stress of the where are you from question doesn't necessarily come in discrimination, but it comes in a, well, Diwali's coming up. How are we gonna celebrate it? You would know, wouldn't you? <laughs> you know, even if the person isn't Hindu or their family isn't Hindu, there's an expectation on you to like know how to celebrate festivals how to, you know, deal with a story that's going around, like a news story about racism, like how should our company respond? You would know um, how to to know what's going on in that part of the world. If there's a news story, like there's an earthquake in India, do you know what's going on? <laughs> you must have family there. Like, as if it's like people kind of, you know, Americans saying, like, do you know the queen? Like, yeah. of course I don't. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah yeah that's a that's a good point as well i'm glad you brought up workplaces because they can be awkward anyway <laughs> without any kind of race or any any other minority group involved but yeah this kind of assumption that somebody who is of a certain ethnic minority is representative of a whole nation mm-hmm. or like a whole like uh celebration is really really I find it funny I shouldn't say funny but it's it makes me laugh to think that that's what happens still that that stereotype that assumption yeah for sure and you know it's it's not for that person to be the representative of a certain country it's for the people who are interested in finding out about this I don't know for example you said Diwali to do the research like everybody has everybody has absolutely everybody has um Everybody has the capacity to do the research, so you shouldn't be asking people. I feel like that now. I might not have felt like that a few years ago, to be honest. The BLM movements, that book by Afua Hirsch, mm-hmm. had such a big impact on me, and I am, you know, even questioning my own prejudices and things like that that are instilled from being born in this country.
0: Do you mean to say that a few years ago you might not have felt so strongly about it?
1: Um, I think, I think I didn't really uh yeah yeah firstly this question where are you from absolutely and i wanted to say actually when i was younger i would totally adhere to that question i would i would i would say you know but when i was younger there was a lot more going on i might have even because of because of what was happening in the uk or underlying racism i might have even rejected that identity that part of my identity uh the indian side of my identity mm-hmm. but yeah, yeah particularly after the BLM movement I certainly have been much more open to exploring it knowing what is right or wrong trying to help you know as an English teacher we do we, do, we don't just have a job of teaching words it's the culture of a country and yeah.
0: the movements
1: that are happening in the country every country is individual and I think the UK is quite well can be quite progressive you know it's it's if we compare it to other countries I think it can be and I wouldn't as a as an ethnic minority myself wouldn't want to really be anywhere else which is in one way sad in one way great you know Mm -hmm. so yeah I I, I had less of a problem but it's probably because I wasn't um, confronting it as much whereas now I feel much more open to it and I think it's down to the BLM movement.
0: Out of interest when you look back on like i don't know being a teenager or someone in your young tw- in your early 20s when somebody asked where are you from did you or do you think you because i guess we're looking back quite a while now do you think you did respond in that kind of like Ugh, gut punch they've sort of they have recognized that i'm i don't fit in here did you feel that or were you not even aware of it to that extent
1: mm That's an interesting question, because where I where I grew up was in a little town called Mansfield in Nottinghamshire, which was basically 99 percent predominantly white. Mm -hmm. So my personal experience of being an ethnic minority in that town was always to reject (laughs) reject the Indian side of me because I don't know, it just made me feel safe. And I wanted to fit in, particularly as a teenager. You want to fit you want to fit in. So, yeah. When I got asked that question, perhaps yeah, uh, I would feel, I would feel this pressure, this like, oh my god, I'm from here, but I don't identify with that, you know.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting just the, and I guess it's interesting academically, and whereas obviously your experience is lived, but it's interesting that you were feeling the discomfort with the question. And yet couldn't articulate that discomfort with the question until much later, until you'd read, until maybe other people had started kind of helping you with those ideas.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's been, I think, I think um, people sharing their stories of being ethnic minority in like the USA, the UK, Canada, Australia, these places, I think have really helped. There's a kind of shared, shared feeling you can, you can share together and come to your and eventually come to your own conclusions. But it was much later in life that I started exploring it. So it is it is really a strange one. Thinking back Mm -hmm. to a couple of years ago, you know, we were in the pandemic, I was starting a new business and then all of a sudden all of these things started surfacing from the past. Like, oh my God, I haven't dealt with that stuff. What the hell? Where is this coming from? What is this mild trauma? I don't know if mild is right, but yeah, what is what's going on? So yeah. But now I like to if possible, share that story you know i don't I'm not I don't want a pity party I just want I just want it to be shared. I think everybody's shared shared experience is important and that's why I'm glad you asked me onto this podcast i
0: I do want to talk before we before we finish, about your experience as an English teacher, because you know, we've talked about the assumption that British people are white that gets even more extreme when you are presenting yourself as an expert of of English, so many assumptions come with that Um, what has your experience been, or what has your experience been of of learning about things like racism within English language teaching?
1: Mm, Yeah, I'd like to say that my experiences as a whole, as an English language teacher, when I was working at schools, has been amazing. Good. Yeah. Um, from the managers, from the manager side, from managerial side, I'm in. I'm in Manchester. It's a very multicultural city. My team members, my my colleagues were multicultural. They were also non-native. Some of them, which is you know, it felt very very accepting and there was no talk about it Mm -hmm. what when it might have one when it might have been presented as an issue that my skin color might make me non-native has been when I when I started moving online really okay there's been once or twice in a classroom where I've had you know it comes from adult students who have this impression of the uk being a certain way and that if you don't look a certain way you you're not eligible to be called a native teacher a term also which i don't you know particularly subscribe to anyway but yeah so it it's been presented to me online a few times recently you know where are you from you look this certain way or oh Your accent is so good. How did you get this British accent? You know, things like that. Yeah, I've had it a couple of times, but I think because of my history, I don't I don't get too offended by it. I just look for the intention. I think that's important. And if that person's open to conversation, I will I will totally let them know if they want to as to why that might come across as as offensive or make the other person feel uncomfortable mm-hmm. you know asking someone's background is okay but it just depends on the context and situation so it's get it's best to get to know that person first i think
0: i think it, it all comes back to the intention in terms of like you know was it positive or negative and then also really that question of like why do i want to know what benefit is it and i sort of i mean i i also have issues with the term native speaker. I certainly don't think that you need to be a native speaker of a language in order to teach it. I, I do sort of understand the perceived need from a potential student to know, okay, what accent do you have? Like, are you teaching American English? Are you teaching British English? Do you have a particularly strong regional accent? Like, I don't think factually you need to know it I don't think it will make a difference the kind of quality of the teaching is going to be way more significant for you but I understand that that might feel like a question that is relevant for them and so I don't necessarily take offense when people ask me where I'm from or where my accent's from Um, I think for me it's it's when does me just answering and obviously we're talking about accent here as opposed to race but when does me answering without questioning your question really just feed into a false belief you have about teaching if i just say oh i'm from the south of england it's a city called exeter is that confirming that that was a legitimate question to ask and is important for you as a english learner
1: completely yeah absolutely yeah i I like the fact that you're bringing up if someone's asking this question why what do what do you want to know about the person and why do you want to know it it sounds a bit it almost sounds um like very deep or very like introspective to ask somebody when they're so used to asking where are you from to now say to them why are you asking that yeah it it almost it can be quite jarring I guess for some people because it's such a natural question to ask but yeah I think I think what you said was spot on Questioning yourself as to why you want to know where that person's from is really important these days, and that's what's happening in the UK, I think at least, and that's what's happening with the English language. You can find these articles online, you can find them in TED Talks. This is what's happening, so it's it's good to keep up with the culture of the language.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Suki. We're going to end it there. Thank you so much for for joining me, for agreeing to do this, and for raising a really interesting topic.
1: Thank you. Thank you so much.
0: That was Suki and I talking a few months ago about the question, where are you from? And the changing attitude many have towards it. My thanks once again to him for not only picking a topic which was interesting academically, but also for being so open about his own experience with how that question has made him feel in his life. This isn't the last you'll be hearing from Suki, as he and I are joining forces for an incredible event which will be taking place in August this year, 2022. The Mega Mindset Reset, name not yet confirmed, although I'm quite liking that one, is going to be a two-week coaching experience designed to help you re-examine and re-evaluate your English language learning priorities in time for a new start in September. As I record this, Suki and I have a final brainstorming meeting set for tomorrow where we'll hash out all the details and we'll be sharing those with our mailing lists and social media followers in the coming days. Our goal is to share with you some of the major breakthroughs of our coaching clients and get you thinking about English differently. We'll be encouraging you to challenge your beliefs, helping you set healthy and achievable goals, and getting you feeling really positive about English and your relationship with it. I can't wait, and I will let you know all of the details once we've got them confirmed. Finally then, thanks to you for listening and for supporting this podcast. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Send me an email or write to me on Instagram, I'll pop all those details in the show notes. For now though, goodbye. I've been Rhiannon, this has been Deep Talk, have a wonderful day.